you know, so we're we're hanging out all the time. So I'm, I think I was over Paul's house and hanging out with him and his wife and his son. And we're basically like, what do we do? Like everything's everything's shutting down, you know, and he brings up this idea. He's like, I really think that this would be a great time since we have a surplus of time. You know, everything's on everything's like on a standstill for life. So let's, you know, this is an idea that me and Ronnie thought of and we would love it if you were illustrating this book we can actually make it happen like could you imagine if we made it happen it turned from like could you imagine to like us actually doing it hello and welcome to the lehigh valley with love podcast i'm your host george wacker the aim of this podcast is to connect you to the stories and personalities living in or affecting the lehigh valley area of pennsylvania we talk to business owners musicians authors students politicians and maybe even you on this episode, we talked to Ronnie, Paul, and Susie from Soul Perspective, LLC. Susie and Paul have been friends since they were kids, and they picked up Ronnie along the way to form a trinity of entrepreneurship. Their first project is a children's book entitled Simeon Bleeker's Magical Sneakers. In this series, the main character, Simeon, gets to experience life through the perspective of someone that's different from him to essentially live a day in their shoes, to gain a better understanding of how they see and live life. We talk about how this idea got started, and how you can make it come to fruition. We also have plans to hang out because I need more friends. So here's Ronnie, Paul, and Susie. Ronnie, it turns out that we live about five five uh, houses away from each other, uh, and yet we are zooming for this podcast. <laughs> if, yeah. For anybody, yeah, for anybody listening, but before we came on here, Ronnie and I figured out that we literally I could probably throw a football to his to his house from here. Which is, it says something, but it's unique that you're so close. Afterwards, we'll go have a socially distanced catch. <laughs> right. Well, and then uh, Paul's on here too, and he lives over by Vegan Treats, which is by my CVS. Uh, so, Paul, welcome. How's it going? Good. I'd be, now I'd be impressed if you could throw a football to my house. I'll yeah, be not, you know, I wouldn't be impressed if I could throw it to my neighbor anyway. <laughs> and of course, we, we have Susie on as well. How's it going? Good. Good. I feel like I want to, we talked a little bit before here and, and now I kind of get to, to set this stage. You, know, you guys are all friends. Paul and, and Susie met in childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, can you guys talk about that? I mean, you don't have to go into super depth, but you, you met in like sixth grade where? In, in New Jersey or? No, here in Bethlehem. Um, okay, all right. So um, his family That's moved to my neighborhood oh. when I was 10 years old. They lived, so I'm I'm, I'm at my parents' house right now, and I'm literally looking weird. across the street, and I can see Paul's parents' house. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really I mean, awkward. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember, like, the first day, I, my sister, so my sister and him went to school together, like, they were in the same grade, and I remember saying, like, my sister coming home and saying, there's going to be, you know, we're, we're getting new neighbors. New yeah. And introducing them, like, Paul and his sister. It's crazy how it works. So you guys know each other for, for that um, period of time. And then, Paul, you go to college and meet Ronnie? Is that yeah. What? Yeah, my, um, my sophomore year, I met Ronnie. Um, Where were you guys at? We were at Kutztown. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Ronnie uh, was a freshman. And I, was, uh, I worked in housing at the time. And I was uh, a freshman mentor, which is sort of, like a, sort of like an RA, but just for the freshman mm-hmm. on the floor. And Ronnie actually, because uh, an RA had dropped 
had dropped out. They hired Ronnie as an RA, which never happens as a freshman, but I guess they liked him enough. So he was actually <laughs> nobody left. You're good. So he was actually he was actually my RA, even though he was younger than me, and I was his freshman mentor, even though <laughs> even though he was my RA. So that's we've lived that's on the weird. I wonder if do people still hate their RA? I remember like when you like you, you want to like them when you first come in, but it's always that it's like you you're the man, you know. I can't really be super friendly yeah. with you. I mean, I the way that I that I ran things. I mean, being <laughs> an iron fist, <laughs> but, but uh, just like be my be my friend and don't make my job hard. Uh, yeah. And, you're pretty much. But then you cool. had the guys. You had the guys who, on purpose, because you're probably trying to be that nice guy. They're just fucking with you because they want to, you know, make your life miserable. Because that's what you do. Yeah, George. That being said, I hated my RA. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So, what do you guys do after? I'm Susie. You, you know, you obviously go through um i don't know what you go through but you so where do you guys end up then before we get to this what you've done over quarantine and the llc that you formed and that whole thing so what did you do then then after college individually maybe Susie, start with you like wh where are you now in the world Ooh, um <laughs> <laughs> yeah lo lo loaded question um so i went to an art school and i went to temple for art and I majored in glass, concentrating in like glass blowing and casting and all that. And mm -hmm. long story short, I'm not doing that anymore. I switched gears and um, went back and got my associate's degree after I got my bachelor's of fine art, did everything a little bit backwards and went to um, Northampton to get a um, degree in graphic design. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that for a little bit. And right now I'm bartending and I love it. Um, but you know, always, I always need like a creative outlet. So ended up working with these guys was like a perfect pairing of, you know. Yeah. And, and we're, we're going to get all into how this all fits because it's interesting. So it's like mm -hmm. one piece of the puzzle. So Paul, what do you do after you leave Kutztown and your? So I, I got my bachelor's in secondary education in English. Um, I started teaching in 2011 at the Lehigh Valley Charter High School for the Arts. Smart. I was their AP English teacher for a few years. And then when they opened the new building, which I know you had mentioned you toured, yeah. uh, when they opened the new building, they added a new art. They have seven, uh, seven majors there, uh, and uh, they added literary arts. They asked if I would leave the English department and become uh, the artistic director of the literary arts department. So I became the literary arts director there. I'm still in that position. In the meantime, I got my master's in lit. Uh, English lit from Kutztown again, oh, and I'm actually back at Kutztown for a third time, a true golden bear. Uh, I'm back for seriously? a third time um, for my doctoral degree. So I'm in the second, I'm in um, my second year of a doctoral program in education. That's awesome. And, and Ronnie, what, what, what happens with you when you leave your uh, impressive RA position? <laughs> uh, so, well, throughout college and after, uh, I mean, I am the man of a million jobs. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, I graduated from Kutztown with a degree in electronic media and speech and theater. Uh, ap after graduating Kutztown, I, or, and during my senior year, I interned, uh, for PBS Sprout, uh, 24 hour children's network, uh, down in Philadelphia. Really cool experience. Um, uh, so great experience there didn't lead to a job. And then like, <laughs> Hard pivot uh, after I graduate, um, 
I start working at a psychiatric children's hospital. And, okay. Uh, and I had worked with children before that, spent my summers as a camp counselor sure. uh, and, and everything. But that pretty much led to a 10-year span of working in child development and mental health from my experience working, working there. And uh, I've, I've worked myself to the point that I'm a regional director of a mental health service uh, okay. uh, in five counties in the area. And, um, and then also a part-time uh, DJ. You have sung karaoke <laughs> for me plenty of times. <laughs> yes. Um, and this, what's interesting, too, people, I mean, I, we might, this, this might be video, but for the podcast listeners, you have all that uh, for the Nickelodeon series in the background here in your room. Um, I've been obsessing over, I don't know if you know, the Plex service software. And I don't want to get into specifics, but I've been acquiring old Nickelodeon um, the, you know, from my youth, the TV shows. So, hey, oh, dude, you and I need to talk a lot more. <laughs> so, I downloaded "Hey, Dude, uh, Salute Your Shorts," which was an amazing one. And I know there's a bunch of other. Oh, I got all of the. You can't do that on television, even the ones from the late seventies. What about Pete and Pete? You need Pete and Pete. You know, funny story. Pete, one of the Petes has been on our podcast. Oh, really? Wow. He, um, yeah, because he, Danny, uh, got married at Seal Stacks, and Tyler, uh, my co-host at the time, who has another show now, he, we interviewed him and asked him why he, why did you get married at Steel Stacks, and it was fun. It was fun to talk about some of that stuff. To, Danny Tamborell spent the money to afford a Steel Stacks wedding. <laughs> well, hey, you know, in our neighborhood, uh, Ronnie, did you know that I live Literally two houses from, and I'm going to forget his name now. Why did I do this? Jonathan Franks, number two from Star Trek, The Next Generation. No, I, I had no clue about that. And that is. He grew uh, up, uh, we'll talk after this. He grew up two houses over. Um, and his parents lived there through at least the 80s. His dad was a professor at Lehigh. Um, and so, uh, do you remember? when Luke and Laura got married, you guys, I mean, I'm a little bit older, I think than you guys, but when Luke and Laura got married on days of our lives in the eighties, does that ring a bell at all? Yes. My mother was, is that days of our lives? General hospital. Maybe it was general hospital. Anyway, Laura, Laura was married, is married to Jonathan Frakes. So during the eighties, Laura, like people would see her sitting outside, just hanging out at the height of her fame. Like during that time, because they would come back and visit, Jonathan Frank's dad, who lives two houses over, which is just <laughs> insane. Also, on a, on a horrible note, like one of the worst serial killers in um, Pennsylvania history also lived like three blocks away from here, too. Wow. So, a menagerie yeah. of personalities. I know, right? This is, I don't know if I want to live here anymore. This is, uh, <laughs> let's talk about good stuff, though. This yeah. is kind of yeah. gone off on a tangent. Um, and we, this is all positive because we are talking about children's... Um, uh, uh, hopefully no really children are listening to this so we'll, we'll feel a little bit better about it but no, i wanted to go i wanted to explore your histories because it's interesting to me how you're melding them into something it makes sense like it's it's kind of fun uh, i want to hear the story of whoever wants to begin of how you go from hey we're in quarantine i'm sure everybody you're frustrated as everybody is you know bartending like we're talking about how many people are out of work who have that yeah 
So it's difficult. Total, total shutdown. What is, yeah. what is the progress here? Like, how do you start? And we're talking about Soul Perspective LLC, which is you know the children's book and um, and the fundraiser that, or the uh, go the Kickstarter that we're talking about. So you, can you guys kind of walk me through that process? And I'll be quiet for a little bit. So um, we were on the way. Me and Ronnie were actually uh, on the way to take. I was on the way to take Ronnie to a jeweler. Uh, where I got my wife's engagement ring because Ronnie was getting prepared. You to guys it. are like best friends. I know I was gonna say that. I was gonna <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, best, like best, best buds. Like yeah. I love it. I mean, I mean we're best. We're friends, basically so. like we're basically family. Yeah, all of us are family. I mean, we're all like really close. So <laughs> it's like a dream. That's why when you, it truly is a dream. So um, I was uh, on my way with Ronnie to help him uh, look at engagement rings at the jeweler I used in New Jersey uh, for my wife's engagement ring. And we were talking, you know, shooting the shit. And he had mentioned to me, he goes, you know, I had this idea for a children's book. Now we talk about this wacko stuff all the time, by the way. Like we just have, you know, we're always, so Ronnie's like, well, I was thinking about a little boy who, who um, has like magical shoes and he can imagine himself in different people's shoes. I'm like, like what? He's like, I don't know. Maybe he's a police officer or a baker or whatever. And I'm like, well, what's the kid's name? He's like, well, a working title was like Tony Two Shoes. I'm like, it can't be Tony Two Shoes. Someone in like the Potomac. You know what I mean? So, so uh, Tony Two Cement Shoes. <laughs> so, so Ronnie goes, uh, well, he's like, okay, well, the the, the name's negotiable. Uh, but uh, I said, well, what about? How about not profession? You know, not about professions. What if it was about? different identities, different backgrounds. He gets to be in the shoes of different kids who experience the world differently than he does. Kids with, you know, you know, kids with, with different abilities or disabilities or different ethnicities, different cultures, um, different backgrounds. And he's like, well, that's actually interesting. I was thinking of just like jobs, but, and that's kind of where the first idea started, uh, the very seedling. Ron, did you want to this episode is brought to you by Made Possible in the Lehigh Valley, a regional branding and marketing initiative aimed at showing off all the amazing things that are possible here in the Lehigh Valley and helping to grow the region's image as a desirable place to visit, work, learn, and live. They've created materials that you can use for free on your sites and in your outreach to help tell the Lehigh Valley story. Lehigh Valley is rich with opportunity, providing people with a good life on their own terms. The region exists today because of where it's been, Together, we will shape what is made possible tomorrow. Contact them and get more information at lehighvalleymadepossible.com. Did you already pop the question? Because... Oh, yeah. Going to yeah. Okay, good. Because <laughs> she heard about it. And then she's like, wait a minute. You guys were shopping for engagement rings? So good. <laughs> that's already taken care of. And we're good. So you have this idea. You, you're running with it. Um, you, you know, what, what is it? Did, is this one of those ones you ever, you have crazy ideas? And then is this the one you get Susie in on? And you're like, hey, we need you to, to help us. You know, what, what's the next step? Um, well, that was over. It's been over a year ago. I, I proposed uh, in May of last year. I actually okay. proposed to her at the open mic night at the Steel Stacks. I wrote her a lovely song and surprised her with it, called her up and proposed. She said yes. And Good. now we have this. So. <laughs> Perfect. But so, yeah. So how does that next progression? When did you guys say, you know what? Instead of this just being a wacky idea, Let's go to the next step. What was that? 
Well, and anybody well, can take this. It was really during quarantine, honestly. I mean, we, you know, a, a lot of everything was in lockdown. I was teaching from home. Ronnie was working from home. You know, Susie, you know, the restaurants had been shut down. And, you know, it, it was really this marriage of, for, for me personally, I was seeing all of the inequity in the education system. I was seeing kids who, you know, you know, I would have half my class on a virtual meeting because they didn't have internet or they were watching their little siblings, you know, all these things. And it was making me come back to this idea of perspective and, and teaching kids about perspective. Um, couple that with all the social unrest that was going on at the time. too, And I kind of brought it back up to Ronnie. I'm like, Ronnie, I really think this is the time, you know, not just from a business perspective, because this isn't even about business for us. It's about where can we catch in on this important message more than anything. Um, and then Ronnie was like, well, we need someone to draw. <laughs> we need someone to illustrate. And then that's we thought of Susie, you know, right away. Yeah, so, so Susie, how, what do you, um, you know, what happens? Do they give you a call and say, hey, by the way, we need you to draw something again for us? Um, I think I, I went over to Paul's house. I go over there, you know, we have, we have some drinks. Yeah, you guys are <laughs> and, uh, I want, can I like hang out? <laughs> George, you are more than welcome. Absolutely. I'm like, I live right here. George, you are more than welcome. Anytime. My wife is gone this weekend. Nah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're always, if we're not planning on doing something, we're always hanging out together. There's something always going on with our families. Like if we're not together, our parents are together, you know, so we're, we're hanging out all the time. So I'm, I think I was over Paul's house and hanging out with him and his wife and his son. And we're basically like, what do we do? Like everything's, everything's shutting down, you know? And he brings up this idea. He's like, I really think that this would be a great time since we have a surplus of time, you know, everything's on, everything's like on a standstill for life. So let's, you know, this is an idea that me and Ronnie thought of, and we would love it. If you were illustrating this book, we can actually make it happen. Like, could you imagine if we made it happen? It turned from like, could you imagine to like us actually doing it? Yeah. So what is your process? And I'm curious because, you know, they present you this idea, which is an idea. Uh, Mm. What do you, what do you do creatively? Did you start just, I don't know. I just started doodling. Yeah. Yeah. So I basically, we got the idea down for like the first book and I just started just drawing and then, you know, showing them preliminary sketches, like, is this the kind of look that you're going for, you know? And they were like, you know, great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like, have you seen what we draw? This is uh, fantastic. Well, yeah, well, in the beginning, I know that there was early, early um, messages where Ronnie was, like, sending me doodles. Right. <laughs> He's like, this is what I'm thinking. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take that and, you know, flip it into what I do. Well, I think we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't say too that what really kind of kicked our butts into gear was that I had come in contact with a woman who owns a publishing company. There you go, yeah. And she, her and I were going to work on a publishing workshop for kids um, through a nonprofit she was starting at my, and she wanted to use my school and my program as a pilot. So I was in the phone with her and we were t- meeting about that and, and we we're talking about different literary genres. And I said, you know, it's so funny. Me and my friends have been throwing around the idea of writing a children's book for a while. And that's a genre I never thought I'd write in before. I published a novel, but I never even thought about that. And she's like, oh, what's it about? And I told her, and she's like, that's the best idea ever. She's like, I'd love to publish it. So then when she showed interest in it, that's really. Right. 
And is that like for Ronnie, is it, did you then, you know, I don't know exactly how this works, but like, when did you know, wow, this is actually going, my idea that I had is, looks like it might be being, at least the motions are being put into place that it's going to ha- it's going to happen. You know, what, what was that like? I mean, it was incredibly exciting. And that moment was kind of what Paul just said of having a publisher really interested in it. Because Paul and I did spend the better part of the year like, yeah, we really should get working on that idea. Yeah, we really should. But then, uh, like been stated, quarantine happens, yeah. publisher gets interested, and that was like the fire. Like, somebody else believes in the big picture of what this book could do and the opportunity that it has to you know, not just be a single book, but to become a whole series that could, you know, be teaching. So that and, was just incredibly exciting. And I'm curious about some of the, like the mechanisms of it. So like, how do you guys like, are, uh, Paul, are you writing? And then how do, how does the book come together on page, you know, Kind of, I don't know if you can explain that to me because I don't know. Like, how does this? Are you guys sending storyboards back and forth? Are you sending, hey, this is draft three? Do you approve it? That sort of thing. So, um, you know, I think it's all of us are artists in our own ways, you know. And I think that if you were to kind of divide us up, you'd think you'd say, you know, Ronnie was the musician, Susie was the visual artist, you know, and I was the writer, right? But we all have our own artistic process. But the way that we kind of ran this was, Ronnie and I got together for a writing session, and we really wrote the first draft together. Um, pretty much page by page, um, which isn't always typical, you know, of, of a co-authorship, but that's the way we did it, you know, because you really have to trust each other. After that first draft, then we looked at it with our kind of our own eyes and, and made our own comments like on a Google Doc about, uh, and then we had Susie mock up some drawings off of some of those pages. So we're actually just getting into the process right now of doing the full storyboarding with gotcha. our final rough draft that Susie's going to take a look at and match the pictures up with the, with the pages. And then we could talk a little bit of the boring business end of it, but it's not really, cause it's, it's interesting that you guys went as far as to, to put together this LLC. What was that? Did you do that during quarantine? Is that new or have you had that? Yeah, no, that's so, new too. That was okay. super, yeah. super new. I mean, that was a whole whole process. (laughs) I mean, we know the answer to this, but for people who don't know, like what are the benefits for you guys to putting together an LLC? Well, you know, I think one of the things is uh, when you're so close with each other, right? I think it's super, super important to have this grounding mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. That's about, you know, uh, nothing personal, but the business. I think that's super important because we are so close. Well, that is bigger than you, you know, because you guys can be like, hey, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the business. Exactly. So that was something we really wanted. And also, we knew that that children's books were only going to be the beginning of this if we really get the message out. Mm -hmm. So um, we didn't want it to encompass a bunch of other, you know, a bunch of other potential endeavors. So. And it does make it a little bit easier, you know, especially when you're talking about finance, finances, when you're going through an LLC for, for someone who's thinking you're starting that, it just makes the process a little bit easier come tax time. I mean, a lot easier come tax time, uh, especially if you're working with multiple people like you guys are. 
So. Right, yeah, we're basically like <laughs> under one umbrella together. We're one entity, so it doesn't Isn't make it a lot fun, easier. though. It's like the whole the, the old neighborhood is like we have a business together in a way. Like I think it's I know cool. it's like it's like a lemonade stand, but it grow for grown ups. Right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I feel like we're doing. <laughs> and I, it's, it's kind of funny with the formation of the LLC because you know first the first thing we had was was our book. Simeon Bleeker's Magical Sneakers. And we uh, we were like, okay, well, for like all the background stuff, and if we make merchandise, like we got to form an LLC. We can just name it yeah. whatever. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, we, we, sent, we sent around, uh, you know, just a, bu- a bunch of ridiculous names that we could call this LLC. Oh my and God, was, so many names. Uh, yeah, so many. And there was a moment <laughs> of like, I, I don't know exactly what it was, but where we realized, well, well, hey, what if it grew from just this book into a brand? And a brand. Well, so that's so where it shifted, Ron, was when we were looking. So we wanted this kid in it to wear his magical sneakers. We were like, we can't just have them be plain. You know, they need to have some kind of logo on them. So I'm like drawing, I'm like doodling, like trying to make like trying to just fill something in there and i'm like wait a second what if like when we're forming this llc with that with that in mind i'm like what if i make our like the logo on his shoes our logo for our brand so i mean it it is it's interesting too because it's kind of i think a lot of people like they see that end result they see the book and they're mm-hmm. like, you know, you get to see it, but that whole process, you know, leading up to that is so important to learning the story of how it came to be as well. Right. Side note, Ronnie, you talk about companies. Uh, Jonathan Frake's production company is called <laughs> Jep Circle Productions because that's the address his house is on. How about that? <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> You know, wow. we had, um, uh, I want to, I would love to get him on the podcast at some point. We've had Dan, Dan Roebuck has been, and it's, he said it, unfortunate for him. He's been up in this attic for our podcast before. Now I have uh, co-hosted the Chart Arts Gala with Dan Roebuck. He's fantastic. Dan's yeah. the best guy. Uh, but he knows, it's funny, he's telling stories about like Harrison Ford and he's sitting up here. I feel so bad. Like my air conditioner is blasting in his, his ear and everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, back to you guys. I'm sorry. It's just so interesting that you guys are so close. Um, but we've not to talk about the Kickstarter because clearly with anything like this, with what's going on, nobody has piles of, well, not a lot of people I know, have piles of cash laying around to fund books. So Kickstarter, not really new to anybody. Um, why did you feel like this platform was the best way to, to get the word out and to get funding rolling? Well, you know, to be honest, we looked at we looked at the different platforms that we think afforded the best exposure, and also, to be honest, took the least amount in terms of like a fee attached to it. Yeah. Obviously, Kickstarter's Kickstarter's thing is all or nothing, you know. So that's the that's the catch there. But um, you know, that was that was only a part of it, knowing what would it would cost to to, to publish the book. Um, but we've been really blown away by people's generosity. I mean. We knew that that while this message is perfect for this time, the timing to ask people for money isn't. And we just really felt that if if the money was just a result of believing in the message, then we could maybe create this sort of grassroots movement, right? That people would feel like they were really 
donating to, right? And, um, you know, we have like 40 days left in this campaign and we're already over halfway there, which has yeah. really blown us away, to be honest. And, and again, yeah. the, the, the link is in the notes um, for the Kickstarter for anybody who wants to, to get it. And again, what's interesting for me, I want to, if there's other people in your situation, I, I, cause I love the idea and everybody has this where you're throwing stuff at each other and you're like, this idea is crazy. This idea is crazy. But you know, what do you guys have to say for people who are, who are maybe hesitant to take that step? And if they have an idea, maybe this is the opportune time to talk to friends or, or other people who can maybe help you make that a reality. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and then we'll get the, sorry, Sui. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, like your hustle and your passions are, are all that you have. And, uh, and during a time like this, you can, you know, where you're like, you're forced to be inside more, you can make a choice to, am I going to, you know, sit and binge watch Netflix all day? Or am I going to, <laughs> am I, am I going to, am I going to learn a new hobby? Right. Yeah. How can, what, what can I, what can I create to make the world better during this time? And we really had like saw no better time to create something that puts this message out there of, of empathy, tolerance, and understanding, and especially for children, because, you know, when we look at everything going on, uh, uh, with, the Black Lives Matters protests and and all that. It mm -hmm. you know you look at, at at problems like racism, sexism, anything like that, and uh, where does that problem start? You know, how do you really sure. fix someone's mind is like that? And the, the the way that I see it is it, it's very hard to, but how you can fix these things is by impacting the next generation and mm -hmm. teaching them to grow up with these really important values. So, you know, that we, the fact that we see this book as a series where he goes into the shoes of so many different children from different backgrounds is the opportunity to impact a whole generation and therefore change the world, you know? Right. And, and it's different when you hear Kickstarter, a lot of times you think, you know, I, I made a new invention or something where this is more, you know, Hey, help us get started. It's not, it is about, it's a business in one aspect, but obviously it's a business because you want to get the, the, the idea out there that you feel could resonate with kids and they'd want to read more and more. And, and I love it. So I mean, before I got, before I let you guys go, I mean, is there anything else that you want people to know about uh, the book? Is, is there any other way they can help besides Kickstarter or is that, you know, the main way do you guys have social media set up yet or why don't you take that one? <laughs> yeah, so we are, our website is um, soulperspectivellc.com and we are going to, after the Kickstarter um, is finished, we're going to have a merchandise shop so anybody can um, buy whatever we have on, the, on that site. Um, our Instagram is soulperspectivellc and we are on Facebook as well under soulperspectivellc. So we're, we're you know, find ways to, you know, promote everything, stay connected with everybody on, on all those platforms. And, and then what's, I mean, who knows? I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but what is the next step? So, you know, hopefully we, we get crowdfunded and everybody go to the Kickstarter, chip in what you can. Um, 
what's the next step then you, you get it out there and then maybe you guys start collaborating more. I mean, have you, have you thought of, you're talking about having a series. It just seems interesting at this point, you'd probably be uh, chopping at the bit to, to come out with some new ideas. So the, this book is slated to um, be released on November 30th, um, which on Amazon. on Amazon. Yeah. And then any other books around the country that wants it can order it. Um, so we have a lot of ideas for subsequent books, but another thing that we really want to, I think in terms of next steps is, is getting into schools, you know, and, and really having the Simeon bleaker days, right. Where, yeah. where the kids have their books and t-shirts and Ryan and I can read the book to them and Susie can do a little art with them. And while all at the same time, teaching them what it means to just be, a, you know, truly a good person, you know, something that I think is so important is that we want to get to a point in our world where empathy isn't aberrational, right? That empathy is the standard for the, for the way that we live every single day. Not this passing thing that comes with a movement every so often, but truly. And, and I think that, that that's why, you know, even before we write the next book, potentially being able to kind of stake our ground in schools and, and really getting to be in front of kids, which is, which is difficult right now, but we're hoping that by spring or fall of next year, we can start to do some of those things. Um, so that's kind of a next move too, beyond the publication of the book. Right. And yeah. so go ahead. Go ahead. for our, you know, future plans, we also want to invite, you know, another co-author from a perspective that the three of us don't have, you know, okay. so it basically starts a conversation with somebody from a completely different point of view that can teach us something. And then in turn, we can start a conversation sure. with our community and even create something bigger. Yeah, I mean, you guys really seem like it's kind of the, I, mean, I don't want to predict anything, but it's kind of like you, you built a very good foundation for, you know, whatever may come out of it. You, you're talking with collaborations with other artists or producing your own series. You know, it's exciting. So mm -hmm. good for you guys. Seriously, it's really, it's really cool. Um, so yeah, we're going to list everything. All those links are going to be in there. And oh yeah, I, I had one thought where you were talking we were talking about having the, the in the in school days and um, you know Simeon Bleakers, Magical Sneakers. I read so many kids books with my own kid that there are just some really horrible ideas I've seen. And you're amazed at how some of them get made into books. And this one seems like a lot of fun. But it, yeah, it's just ch children's books are a wild ride. Dragon yeah. <laughs> Tacos Part Two is currently our favorite. I don't know if you guys are familiar. I love that book. <laughs> so whenever we have tacos, I, my dad will have make sure he's like, he's like, are there jalapeno peppers in there because the house will burn down? If you guys don't know, they they can't have jalapeno peppers because dragons will then breathe fire and burn it. <laughs> Pretty so amazing. It's just, but it is, it's fun. You know, it's for me as a guy who really wouldn't. Before my daughter was born four years ago, I didn't think about children's books at all, and now it's something that's such an integral part of our lives and to show her, you know, values that we have. You know, I, I can't wait to be able to read this to her and have her uh, read it as well. Well, and just to put my, you know, literary critic hat on for a second, you know, we have children in my literary arts program at Charter Arts. Um, they have to take a year of children's literature. That's a core course That's because awesome. because it is so fundamental to the way kids come to learn. And um, like you said, depending on what parents decide to have in their house and read, it really does form kids' opinions about things. And sure. there is there's, there's, there's crap out there for everything. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's a very, and it's a very age specific 
um, mm-hmm. field too. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, hey, listen, I, I think we can definitely do this again because I feel like you guys have more stuff coming out. So if you would love to come back on at some point, I, I'd love to have you. Absolutely. I want to thank Ronnie, Paul, Suji, thank you guys so much. All of the links are in um, the notes, the show notes. And I wish you guys all the best. Thanks for thank having you. us. We really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we yeah, will. Absolutely. Thank you to Ronnie, Paul, and Susie from Soul Perspective LLC. Please check them out online at soulperspectivellc.com and on Facebook to search for them. You can get involved in their Kickstarter. All of the links are in the show notes and get to find out more about them. Get involved, people. We love it. Thank you guys very much, and we'll talk to you next time.